My name is Bobby. I'm a paramedic with 27 years of experience in EMS and fire. And my name is Jason, and I'm a retired paramedic with 20 years experience in EMS and fire. And together we're... Paramedics? Unscripted. On this show, everything is on the table. We'll talk about burnout in the business, calling 911 for non-emergency reasons, Holly Pharmacy, frequent flyers, the current housing market, the financial system, BS doctor office visits, or anything else we want to, all from a paramedic's point of view. And why? Because we're paramedics. Unscripted. Welcome back into Paramedics Unscripted. I'm your co-host, Jason. I'm here with my co-host, Bobby, for season two, episode number 14, the big one four. Bobby, how you doing, brother? What's up, Jason? What was that? So what's up, Jason? I had, I had the music jamming a little too loud in my headphones there. Sorry about that. What you been up to, man? All right, it's cracked open a Run Wild IPA. Nice. By Athletic Brewing Company. Nice. Not a sponsor, just a plug. But but we would like sponsors. <laughs> the reason why I'm plugging them is because for all you people out there, the taste of actual beer and especially specific flavors such as IPAs, stouts, lagers, whatever. But you don't want the alcohol. Athletic Brewing Company tastes just like craft brew. You can't even tell. If I didn't know this didn't have alcohol in it, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And I'm anal like that, so it's that good. That that was that rant was by Bobby. That is no way. Uh, I don't like non-alcoholic beers, just for the record. But I think I think we did talk about that one on another podcast before. We did. <laughs> I'm just still I'm stoked. Still, I, I still. I just like giving you shit, man. No, I'm in a great mood today. Um, this is definitely not near beer. Yeah, right. No, or all duels. And it definitely doesn't give you gas like near beer. So that's how you know it's legit. <laughs> well, we're coming at you on this is a Tuesday here. It's uh, August 30th. Um, and I'm very excited. And uh, Bobby and I, we were talking pre show. I'm very excited because college football is back this week. I know technically it started last week, but no one cares about the, a lot of those scrub games that they played last week. This is the real week that's going on. Um, and it's near and dear to my heart for a couple different reasons. And to the listeners, probably a couple different reasons as well. Um, I went to WVU, as a lot of people know here. Uh, we hate Pitt. Um, there, it's a backyard brawl is what they call it. The schools are about an hour apart, 45 minutes apart. Um, used to play each other all the time, um, but they don't anymore with all the college re- realignment stuff. But now they're starting a little four-year series of home, 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 home kind of thing. Um, right. So it should be a lot of fun. That game is on Thursday at 7 o'clock Eastern time. It's being played at the old Heinz Field where they had the big ketchup bottle. Now it's Aperture Stadium. Um, but it should be a lot of fun. College game day is going to be there. So, you know, it's like the big game of the week when college day, game day is showing up with their whole crew from ESPN and Lee Corso and Herb Street and all them. Um, and that being Remember st- when it was Three River Stadium? The what? Remember when it was Three River Stadium? Oh, yeah, a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's changed. Yeah. That was like more, more. I, I, that was good, obviously, because there's Three Rivers there. Um, and, uh, and then obviously, Heinz Field was just awesome because there's a huge ketchup bottle. That was just kind of cool. Um, but it's sad that they changed it to some, whatever their thing's called now. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh's a cool town. Yeah, it is. It's a cool town. But like I said, that being said, uh, as a WVU fan and WVU person who went to school there and everything, um, we do hate Pitt. Uh, last time college game day was in Morgantown. Uh, they were not playing Pitt. Um, and a lot of people may have already seen this. We're just going to play a quick click, of, quick clip of it. Um, during the commercial break on college game day, uh, Lee Corso, one of the main guys, decided to lead the rowdiest crowd they've ever had at college game day at the time, which was at WVU there, um, in a sing-along of Sweet Caroline. And for those people who don't know, Sweet Caroline is 
the pit song they play between the third and the fourth quarter at the pit home games. I don't know the reasoning behind it. That's just the song they use there. No, are they copying the, the Red Sox? Because, I mean, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, and that's that's a that's a Fenway Park. Fan. Well, they may be, but uh, the words are definitely different. And uh, we're going to go to it live here so you can so you can hear it and make your own judgments here. And here you guys can take a listen. All right. This is just in the spirit of college uh, football. Here we go. that just goes to show the hatred between the two schools are in a fun way um, where they get on each other like that. And uh, there'll be about 70,000 people at the sold out game, uh, 70,000 people at the stadium of which half or maybe a little more of them will be so WV. Correct me, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. Phrase of the day is eat shit. Hit. Yes. Yeah, so if you can remember those three words, you can also just type that into YouTube and I'll pull up the video. It's really funny. Cause they just show it's totally them looking from the camera's view. You actually see the cameras and all the, grips and stuff on stage and they have the thing, but they're just on a commercial break. And, uh, Corso decided to uh, play with the crowd because he heard about that. And, um, like I said, that was about 5,000 people or so, uh, doing that at the, you know, at the college there. Um, this will be a stadium of, you know, 35,000 or 30,000 or something like that. People doing it. So they'll probably be surprised. No one was mentioning Brandon. (laughs) Yeah. This is way before that. This this was back. This was back a long, long time ago. This is back. Like, uh, yeah, as far as the, the uh, post there, it says like a ways back. So, because I was actually at this game, but I wasn't there. Was in two, this was in 2014. I did go to the I did go to the taping of this part because it was a madhouse trying to find parking down there. Um, but did go to the game there. Yeah, it was November 15th to 14 when this happened. So, anyway, pretty fun thing. Um, I'm pretty excited for college football being back. I'm not a fan of the summer. Um, there's really nothing, no good sports on TV anymore once hockey wraps up for the year. So I'm excited. But that being said, uh, this is not a foot football or a. Uh, um, sports podcast so let's get into something else here i wanted to start off uh this week bobby if that's all right with you um something that bothers the shit out of me and you all have seen it uh bobby we know people that do it that we're both close to um but also just in general you just see people doing this shit and i'm gonna use facebook as an example here it can be on any social media platform you like um but that's people bringing up shit on facebook in a non-specific way and then refusing to talk about whatever the fucking problem is just so they can get attention. Yeah, it's called a verbal selfie. <laughs> That's, that, we're definitely calling this episode verbal selfie. Uh, that is, it, exactly it, what it pisses is. me off, and that is such a fucking perfect description, man. 
because it's all bullshit. It's all well, it's you, me, me, me crap. Do you know those people that uh, all they do is they post? It, it's kind of comical though because they post the same picture of themselves just with like a different background, but it's the same picture with like whether it's fucking duck lips or whatever, and just trying to see how many responses they can get, you know, because they need that attention. Did you ever see the? Did you ever see the meme of the? I don't, I, I don't remember. I think the girl was just a random girl or whatever, but you know how girls always do, like you said, the duck lips picture and someone did a meme of that, of someone yeah. doing duck lips. And then they had the little thing where you can draw around it, you know, like you can draw on the picture and they drew, they drew, <laughs> and they drew an ass. <laughs> and so the duck lips were the asshole. Oh, no, it was, oh, that. It was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. I don't want to, I guess. Yeah, that was that. awesome. It was funniest shit I've ever seen. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's been done before. Like, I'm sure I didn't see the first one. I definitely didn't do it, but uh, I don't have that kind of drawing talent. But it was just fucking hilarious. But yeah, that pisses me off, man. I hate that because then you always have some dumb fuck uh, when they when they post someone posts that stuff, right? They're like, I just can't believe today is so hard. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get through it. I hope I have the strength or something like that. They say some stupid thing like that, and then people reach out. Yeah, to them like, then you have one wrong? moron. What happened? Like, yeah, there's always there's just, always there's always want, some they likes. Want to get a rise? They just want that. They want to see how many. Responses. Yeah, and they get that rise, and then it's always like, um, oh, it's not the big deal, um. Uh, they didn't take my coupons at Kroger or whatever, you know, and it's something stupid or, or it's the other way where they go, Oh, just message me. I'll tell you about it. Like they, so either way they don't, they they never fucking tell you what's going on or if they do, it's something retardedly dumb, you know, sorry for using the R word there, but it's just ridiculous, man. It pisses me off. Like, like grow the fuck up, man. Exactly. I have a love hate relationship with social media. I mean, I, the only one I do out of like the, I guess, the mainstream social media. I, I do Facebook and I have a love hate relationship with Facebook. I don't do Twitter. Never have. I can't, I, I don't even, I don't even think I could stomach Twitter. You know, I don't do Instagram or Snapchat or any of that crap. Not, if that's your, or I don't even understand why people want to do TikTok. Okay. If you want to look at TikTok videos like on YouTube, that's fine. But people need to understand something. This is, this is the God's honest truth. If you download the TikTok app, TikTok is a Chinese company. It is, which, as everybody knows, a majority of companies, all companies that are from mainland China, are also part of the CCP because CCP has a piece of every business there. And it's also been known through sources that it is a spy app for the CCP. So if you Download that app. Put your information in. Who do you think's getting it? And that, that, if you don't believe me, look it up. That is the truth. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean you can't look at TikTok videos like if they're on YouTube or something else. But I, I mean, people do what they want. I mean, you guys do what you want. But if I were you, I wouldn't download the app on my phone. Yeah, I don't disagree with it. Like, I mean, you're letting them in. I mean, you're also, to be fair, any app you download, you're letting people into a point. But yeah, letting some other country in for, you know, that just seems sketchy to me. I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, we don't let our daughter do it either as far as like that, that particular app because I just, and, I, and also, and also I don't understand it. I don't understand the need to, you know, whatever. Well, the thing that's ridiculous is, uh, you know, if, if you go to, to China, you know, to communist China, they do not allow any American social media companies. At least they didn't. I don't know about now. I'm pretty sure they still don't. But we allow that. And people are going crazy with it. And 
some of the most, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think some of the videos that some of these people post are freaking hilarious. But, I mean, people just, that's all they do. They sit around and watch these fucking TikTok videos. Yeah, I, and, yeah, I've uh, heard it. I've heard in um, in China that their version of t- TikTok is much different than ours. Like their version is all about getting smarter and learning things, kind of like what we would look at as maybe like YouTube University, like where you get to learn different things and pick up, you know, how to do's and different things like that, and 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 um, showing showing people doing better at their jobs or better at their music or better. Like it's all <laughs> it's all that kind of vibe. Whereas over here, it's just like you know, fart videos or whatever they want to do. You know what I mean? It's like, we, we just look at it differently, I guess, you know, different cultures. Well, yeah. I mean, I do Facebook, I do telegram and I do truth and that's, that's it. You know, I'll, 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 let, me, let me throw LinkedIn in there, even though it's something that people rarely use, you know, but everybody has a, a profile. Right. But, uh, but other than that, I mean, I have a love hate relationship with, uh, you know, a lot, of, especially Facebook. I mean, Facebook, it, to me, is, I, I'm not going to lie, a lot of times it's just used to stir the pot now. Well, that's what, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. As far as, you know, you know, because I know how, maybe this is wrong on my part, but, I mean, it's a sensitive political climate out there, and um, I see how sensitive people are. No one has a sense of humor anymore. I mean, you can't even post certain jokes about anything without offending somebody. So because of that reason, I post those jokes, you know, and just firestorms start constantly. Well, you got to stir the stuff. You got to stir the pot or else the stuff on the bottom gets stuck on there and you know, burned and stuff like right. that. I mean, I mean, I, I think Facebook is great for, it's a great networking tool. This is the plus side. It's a great networking tool, especially, you know, for family gatherings or, you know, posting photos so family members can see them, all that type of stuff. But when people just constantly use it just for attention, gra- attention grabbing, you know, bullshit, it, like, like we were talking about for verbal selfies or just selfies in general, just to see how many likes they could get. Right. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. And you, you know, no thanks. Yeah. And you see those, you know, people doing certain angles on their bodies while they're taking shots, you know, for different reasons and stuff like that. And you're like, Jesus Christ, get a life. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but as far as as far as networking, they're great. It's a great tool. Any you know, a lot of these social media platforms are great tools for that. Yeah, I mean, I use it but, for my businesses for sure. Um, as a way to get my word out and different things I'm trying to get out to people and you know get talk to the masses for a you know rel- either free or relatively low price compared to other types of advertising and stuff like that. Um, and then like you said, obviously for this podcast, we have a Facebook page. You know, we're pushing stuff out on there. Um, so it's a good way to reach the masses. But it, it, if you just you can't let it consume you, you know, you just, I, I like to get on, get off. And then every once in a while I check stuff. And you can't take it too seriously. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. You can't like, that's, we talked about that before in other episodes where like, I, I don't right. watch the news. I'm just, I've never been into the news, like especially recently with all this dumb shit going on. Um, I just don't listen to the news. So I'll listen to, I'll, I'll get, you know, you get blurbs from the news. You're smart. They're on Facebook. I mean, all the news stations are on Facebook too. So you'll right. get a blurb about whatever, something, some story, whatever on Facebook. Right. From the news station of whatever news station you right. like, then I'll list. I might I might click on that and listen to it or read about it or whatever, depending on what kind of media they put up there. And then if I really like it at that point, then I'll do my own research, you know, and and look into the topic and you know, okay, you know, not get the one, not get the left side view of it only, not get the right side view of it only. Try to get both sides so I can kind of see because the truth is probably somewhere there in the middle. 
um, and then make my own decision on it. But then if I if it's a topic I don't care about, then scroll on. You know what I mean? Don't even look at it. You know, because I I find that better to me as for at least for me that's better than listening watching the news of these people just you know they're always pushing the the scare tactic stories and like all the crime stories and all the stuff as opposed to like you know whatever good news story they could have they don't really do those anymore now it's all negativity for the most part and anything they can do to get clicks well there's no objectivity anymore it's all well yeah that's I what mean, I'm saying the, the, no, I know that I'm sorry oh no, you're okay uh, it's all it's not journalism anymore it's activism and that's what just gets on my fucking nerves there's only I think there's only one one news network out there that I would say that's actually just an objective news network that's not biased you know they're not on either side of the fence they just present which the most factual information they can and that's uh, OAN One American News Network which a lot of cable companies are taking off or satellite companies are taking off because of that reason because it's just they're just putting facts out there and they're not putting bullshit out there like MSNBC or CNN or Fox or you know ABC NBC you know all the bullshit you know they actually are it's like the news should be well that that kind of goes into our EMS topic of the week too because um you know the way the media companies work now is you know, whoever Joe Blow or Susie Joe Blow or whatever, you know, whatever her name is or his name is, it's the anchor that you like on whatever station you like. They're just saying whatever they're told to say by their higher ups. They, they're reading from a teleprompter. They're not, uh, they're not, they used to in the old days, of course, have their own opinions and they might stand for something or stand against something or whatever, right? But they don't do that anymore because they're not allowed to because if they want to keep their job, which we've seen with a whole bunch of people here, um, in the last, you know, even two years, five years, two years, whatever, you've seen people that have right. been big name people that we all know who they are, um, that then have just left networks and gone to other networks and stuff like that, or, or maybe don't do it anymore or whatever, or had to go underground or had to start a podcast or had to whatever, because they can't push their narrative. They can't even talk about anything anymore because it has to be approved by some executive in a suit because they're looking for what kind of clicks can we get? What ratings can we get as opposed to just reporting the news anymore? And that for me, uh, if it's all right with you, that goes into my, uh, one of the things I want to talk about on this thing too, was, um, the amount of fire departments right now that are hiring, um, is astronomical to me. And I think in my, this is just Jason speaking here. Uh, one of my things with that, that I feel is the reason they're hiring so much is because the good old boy networks that used to be huge in fire departments aren't really getting tolerated anymore. Um, because that same sort of thing. In the old days, in the old fire departments and stuff like that, you had to do what your chief told you to do, regardless if it made sense. In some senses, regardless if it was legal or not, you had to do their little stupid thing, and you're following some moron that doesn't have a college degree, or if they do, it's in some made-up subject or something like that. And, and these are the people running these departments that don't know what the fuck they're doing and couldn't run a Fortune 500 company if you paid them millions of dollars. They wouldn't know what the fuck they're doing. But somehow they're in charge of not only a huge budgeted entity of a fire department but all the people hit the uh, men and women underneath them that their lives are in that person's hands with those decisions and these people usually don't run the calls they usually sit around and don't do anything that is like, like i said where i worked they stayed in the pleasure palace and didn't do a fucking thing and just i mean maybe looked at facebook i don't know what they did there all day because it was nothing productive um and I, and that's my opinion so it kind of relates to that and that our society has gone away from having people that stand for something and are willing to put their 
their balls or their ovaries on the line for whatever they stand for to this wishy-washy stuff. And I think as a society, I think we're demanding different stuff out of our uh, employers now. That's my opinion. What do you think? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think a lot of what it also has to do with, and, you know, despite popular belief, is uh, there was a huge exodus because of the whole vaccine policy. A lot of departments were mandating that, that their employees get vaccinated, and a lot of them didn't want it. And a lot of them were forced to leave. Or a lot of them left on their own. That's a good point, but why do you think... So that's kind of what... I mean, I wasn't trying to get into... No, that, I'm not saying that's the, the main... I'm just saying yeah, that's, that is a, that's a chunk. No, that's a very valid point that you made there. It's actually a really good point you made. I'm just wondering if that... Just playing argument's sake on that. Um, if that kind of re- leads into kind of back to what I said is like the him or her that was in charge of the department didn't have the balls or the ovaries to say fuck that, we're not getting the vaccine or, or get it if you want to or whatever. You know, they didn't, they didn't have the balls to like say that. You know, no one, uh, as far as I know, there are very few departments that allowed that. Yeah, they didn't want to speak up to the Giants. They didn't want to speak up to their brass because right. they, they were afraid of the fallout. Right, and now you're, see, now, yeah. and now you're seeing everybody just leave and then they're... That- and that's not just with the Vax, that's with a lot of issues that, that go on within, you know, different departments. You know, there's, whether it's equipment, whether it's just, you know, training, whether it's whatever you know and um it starts to shine through and a lot of the boots on the ground providers and firefighters you know they get sick of it yeah you know i can't speak for everybody but you, know, you definitely see it well i got i mean that was one of the things and we've kind of i don't want to go the politics just start to become you know out of hand sometimes yeah and i and that, that was one of the things like and I've mentioned this a little bit before, um, but a lot of the politics that we had to deal with in our department, um, that became a big turnoff to me with how things were run and how it was just, you know, why do we do this? Because I said so. And you're listening to someone who hasn't been in the business as long as you have, doesn't have the same cert level, you know, they're lower cert than you are. Um, they couldn't do your job for 20 minutes out of the day, let alone a 24 hour shift. Um, and it just got to be so annoying with that kind of stuff going on and on and on and on. And all these, like, like I said before, one of the examples I always use is um, I was at, at, for a while, I was at the busiest firehouse in our county, which was equivalent to like a Northern Virginia unit as far as the number of calls we would run, right? So it was very, very busy. I mean, 21 calls, 14 to 21 calls in a shift is a lot of calls, considering most calls, if you're doing any sort of transport, are about an hour each. Um, and our policy, was you were not allowed to sleep. Uh, you got, we, we got in at, I think it was six, might've been seven, I don't remember now. But uh, you couldn't sleep or anything till union time started, which was at five o'clock. So up till then, till when you got there till about five o'clock, you had to like be doing productive things, whatever those things could be, right? Well, my philosophy at the station I was at was always, no, you sleep when you want to sleep, man. Because we're going to be up all night. Because you never know when you're going to get Right, but the brass who goes home at five o'clock because they're on a nine to five shift because they work, you know, they're like a, they work like, like they work at a bank. Well, they don't care that you don't get any sleep because they don't care. Cause when they go home, they get sleep. They don't understand when they get to work the next day. You know, why, why, what, huh? And even the battalion shift chief, chief um, that would be on duty or we had an operations deputy, but even when they're on duty and they're running the whole County overnight, they're running the whole 24, but then overnight as well, of course, during that time period, they're not getting up for most calls because most calls don't require that person to be on the scene. So they don't get dispatched to a lot of calls. So if they have their bunk set to only go off for when it's toned out as for them to go on the call, majority of the time they're sleeping the whole night, you know, 
And it, and it's like and it's, and then they're like, oh, but I understand. Why are you guys tired? And I always told my my peon people that worked for me that were like you know my my subordinates so to speak as far as like being my drivers or whatever, um, or if I outranked them or whatever like that, I would just be like, hey man, if you're tired, go to sleep. If the chief comes, then the chief comes, and I'll take the hit for it. I'll get the write up. Because I mean, I'm gonna fight about it, but it's it's it, you know if I need to get a write up, I'll get a write up for it because I don't care. Because that's ridiculous. Because I'm not gonna have you wreck on the way to the hospital when I can't be up front with you because I have to be in the back with the patient, you know? And, and yeah. I wouldn't mind driving back. Sometimes they'd be like, hey, man, anyway, you can drive back to the firehouse. I'm, I'm fucking dead. I was like, yeah, man. And I'd drive the unit back to the firehouse, you know, and let them take a nap on the side, you know, while we're driving back or whatever, you know? Be- and that's one thing I think is addressed enough is, and uh, I know I'm going to piss off a lot of, you know, pump operators or truck drivers or, or uh, just any firefighters out there, you know, but let's be real. A majority of the call volume in most departments, like we've said before, is emergency medical services, not fire. That doesn't mean that the truck doesn't come, like the truck or the engine most likely will go on majority of EMS calls because that's just the way it works. Right. Whether it's an experience, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, a rescue, whatnot. But when it comes to you know, the length of a call, especially if there's a lot of calls. I mean, when you're talking about, you know, transporting a patient from an emergency scene to the hospital, and this is depending on how crowded the hospital or the ER is at the time, you can have a three-hour turnaround before you go back in service from that call. Right. And if another call goes out, as soon as you mark back in service in your area, you're not getting sleep for a while. Yeah. I'm talking about in, in the middle of the night. You know, but when it comes to engine crews or truck crews or hazmat, when it comes to situations like that, and the majority of the calls are emergency medical services, they're right after that call, they're going back to the station and most likely going to sleep. Well, it got so bad, too, like what you said. It got so bad in our county. Um, the main hospital, the big hospital that we would go to, which was like the big stroke center and cardiac center, all that stuff, that hospital was technically over the bridge out of our county in the southern end of our county, right? So it was outside the right. southern end of our county. So we get, it got so bad in our department because the busiest firehouse was the one right after you crossed the bridge back into the county, that southernmost area, that was the busiest department. That's, that department's ambulances also ran right. mutual aid to the city. It was the one below us. Um, and that city did not normally have ALS provider transport units on at night. Occasionally, right. if the volunteers were there, but for the most part, after a certain time period of like six o'clock or whatever it was, um, they're gone. So any transports that have to be done ALS, they're calling our county to have that transport unit come. So you're running, not only are you the busiest unit in your county, you're running all their calls. Um, so we got so bad that we had people, uh, and I'm sure they still do this. We had people that would leave the hospital, go out, you know, instead of making a left, which would be northbound on, on route one to go back towards our county, they would make a right on route one and go southbound pick up the interstate. And then when they got to the interstate, as they're, you know, on the entrance ramp to the interstate, let's get, let's say they're a Northern unit. So their station's way up North, like 10 miles up North. They get on the interstate and then they mark up clear of the hospital. And then the CAD, because it knows they just cleared the hospital. If a call goes out and let's say that the South end unit is already on another call and the call goes out, the dispatchers are going to know that they just cleared the hospital. So they're going to tone them to be on the call. And they would be like, Hey, we're out of position. We're on 95. 
and they'd get out of position and they'd tone the necroclosist unit after that. And they were doing it all the time. And not because they were shitty providers or anything like that. It's because if you got, if you got stuck in that fucking, yeah, you, you, yeah, you get stuck in that whirlpool of shit. You're not getting out. I used to tell my drivers all the time. Now we, we didn't do that. Like very, you know, and of course we probably did a couple of times, but we didn't do that very right. often. The main thing I would tell people is there was a big light there. Um, and uh, when we had to cross, there was a main intersection with the traffic light and everything like that. And when we got up to that light, I was like, and we're approaching it, you know, and it's green. And then it's maybe it turns yellow or whatever it is. You're getting kind of close. And, it, and as long as it was even borderline safe to do, like, I'd be like, get the fuck through that light. <laughs> you know, even if, even if it meant we had right. to hit our lights on for a second to make it through safely. I was like, hit that light. Cause if you get stuck down there, if you get, if you're sitting at that South end major intersection, I mean, you're just sitting there getting, you're just going to get ass reamed because there's going to be some other call that's going to go out. Like you said, then you're gonna be on that call for another hour, hour and a half. Then you're going to clear the hospital again. And then that other unit's already on a call. So you're going to call it, you know, and you could, that, I mean, I had times when that would be like a six hour drive of, of that. Just, just whirlwinding and shit. You know, it's like a hurricane just going in circles, you know, and it's fun. It's for fun. that very reason. Yeah. For that very reason. That's why I've kind of made it a point. I made it a point throughout my career for that very reason to not, I don't even clear the hospital. Oh, really? I don't mark. I don't even mark clear the hospital. No, I don't. I don't mark available until I'm back in my jurisdiction. Oh, that's funny. Back in the, in the middle of my first due. Now, did, because do they have tracking stuff on yours? No, no. Ours, ours definitely had tracking stuff so they could see where you were. Um, but at the same time. Which is the reason why you guys would get on 90. Right, right. Well, I mean, they would, still, they would know you're on. If they saw you, they could see it was legitimate. You were actually on. Yeah, and, and, and technically, if they saw that you were on 95 and hadn't cleared the hospital, they might occasionally, once in a while, call you out. Most of the dispatchers are pretty cool, but occasionally a dispatcher might call you out. Um, and if they did, right. you'd be like, oh, sorry, we forgot, or we thought we hit the button, or so, you know, you could lie about it. But um, yeah, it's the same thing. Like I rode uh, in my EMT class a long, 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 long time ago. I rode in DC, in Washington, DC on their ambulance one night. And uh, we were done with our call. Uh, I don't remember what, it was a, whatever we went for. And we're done with our call. And we've made the cot up, we've deconned the unit, we've restocked, and, we're, and we get, I get back in the back because I'm a student, so I just get back in the back of the unit, and the, two, uh, the girl and the guy get up in the, the front seats there, obviously. And we're sitting there, and the driver, he pulls out a little TV, like a little, I don't know, medium-sized TV thing that he had, and he opens it up, and he starts watching a show, or a DVD, or whatever it was, I don't know. And he starts watching something, and I was like, oh, what are we doing? Because I'm new, I don't know anything about fire rescue, I, I'm just taking a class right now. And he goes, oh, this, we, we, just, we just chill here for a little bit. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, don't, don't we have, and you could hear the radio going off with all these calls, of course. And I was like, and I'm new, like I said, I didn't understand anything. So I was like, oh, but don't we have to go on more calls? Like, is that, I don't, you know, is that how it works? And he's like, yeah, but here's the thing. Once we tell him we're in service, we're just going to get immediately put on some other call, immediately. Like, and so what we do is we stay here and we watch TV for a little bit. And then eventually dispatcher has a timer on us. And eventually they'll ask us if we're ready. And then that's when we have to go in service. So they would buy themselves an extra 10 minutes. Smart. Yeah, they'd buy themselves that 10-minute break or whatever it was, you know, 15, 10, 15-minute break after everything's done. And they're sitting in the truck, enjoying a coffee, having a soda, having a Gatorade, whatever it is, or having some water, whatever they want to do, and just sitting and being like, ah, you know. And that was the shift. And it was funny because, like I said, we talked about this in another show, but, I mean, we were out for 12 hours. It was a 12-hour shift. We ran 13 calls. We never came back to the firehouse once. The entire shift was out doing calls, and then we came back at the end of the shift. That was it. I mean, it was nonstop. Now, granted, to be fair, it was a Saturday night, too. Uh, so it was busy, obviously, on the weekend. But, but at the same time, it was like, 
I was like, man, this shift's no joke. I mean, I got, I got home and I didn't do anything. I mean, I was a ride along basically. So I just helped out a little bit and whatever, but I got home and I was dead. I remember I came home and, and I was just like crashed. I mean, I was out. Well, and, for I, I mean, and, and then, and for some of them, they have to get up in eight hours, you know, go home, sleep for eight hours, get up and do that again. You know? Well, and for <laughs> listeners out there that, that think that, well, shit, you know, that could be someone's life at stake. You know, you're, you're not running calls. I understand if, but at the same time, if you're at a station that is just constant, you have to sometimes do those things to get some sort of rest in, or you're more dangerous. And that's just the way it is. You know, yeah. if you can, if you can, you know, because they're going to find another station to take the call. I mean, granted, it might be a little farther, but, and most people we know that if it was like a, say a cardiac arrest or some massive, you know, traumatic vehicle accident or whatnot, they would not do that. They would go to the call. But if it's, if it's bullshit, then yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to find these little niches to just catch a little bit of rest somewhere. You know, like I said, there's a lot of people out there that will probably be, they'll disagree with me and think that what I'm saying is, is like sacrilegious in this line of work, but it happens because you have to do it or things can get dangerous because you get that exhausted. Depends on what department or what, how busy of a station you work out of. Yeah, I, I remember, I specifically remember a shift at the busiest house that I ran. And like I said, the city behind, below us did not have medic units at night, transport medic units. They had a medic right. on the engine, but they can't obviously transport out an engine unless, unless it's like a clusterfuck of a day or whatever. Um, and uh, we ran four back-to-back calls in the city. And every single time, and I'm not making this up, Every single time we'd be backing our unit into the bay at our firehouse, shut off the unit, and then within 10 seconds, they, we would get toned out. No one else in the county was running calls that night. We got toned out again by our county to do mutual aid to the city again. And on the fourth one, so this is from like 12 a.m. midnight, whatever, till about 4.30 this went on, right? right. And I, I remember on the last call, the last one that I was dispatched to at about 4.30, um, we get, you know, we get toned out. So we mark up with the County and then we had to switch our radios over to the County, the city's frequency and mark up with them as well. So I was like, blank, blank County to dispatch. We're responding again. You know, like I had to mark up like that because, and they were laughing. You could hear the dispatcher like laughing on the other and not laughing that we, you know, he just thought it was funny that we were, you know, taking it like a bunch of champs, I guess, because right. they knew it was our truck running all these freaking calls. Cause they don't have the people there in the budget to put people on at night. Now they may right. fix that since then. I don't know, but it was, it got to be really, really annoying to the point where like if the volleys were up and they had a medic unit, a medic transport unit up, it'd be worth it to buy them dinner <laughs> or bribe them. Like, Hey, how late you guys staying up? Oh, we're staying up till two. Hey, uh, if I give you 20 bucks, you stay up till six, you know, <laughs> you know, like anything you could do to get them to do that. Cause they had obviously a lot of the volunteers have other jobs. They have like a, a nine to five, you know, a job doing something else. So that's why they have to leave early so they can go home and change and stuff like that shower and all that fun stuff right. but um yeah it just got to be like it, i remember that day i was just like go fuck yourself you know like every single call and they were all like majority of them are just stupid you know medical calls there's nothing really exciting about them you know and uh but you got to do them you know so that's part of the thing so right. any, right. any go ahead sorry at the same time like i said before you have to find those little little areas those little niches to where you need especially if it's a busy day you need to get you know, some rest or just a little bit of a break. I mean, there's like, um, I see it a lot. Some of my neighboring departments like will be, 
at one of the uh, hospital ERs, and uh, it'll there'll be so many you know medic units stacked up in there, and they're all in like the EMS lounge and whatnot, like making it look like they're finishing the reports when they're taking forever. But what they're really doing is they're taking a break, you know, because yeah. there's so many so many paramedics in there from the county. It, it looks like there's a union meeting going on. It's like who the hell's covering the county? <laughs> But yeah. uh, but a lot of people, a lot of them, a lot of them are in there because they're actually they're actually still finishing their reports. But then a lot of them are just kind of taking the snail's pace of finishing the report because they're trying to have a break because they've been running balls to the wall all day. Well, I was I was notoriously for that. Like I, everybody in the county knew I took a long time to write my reports. Now I also wrote like impeccable reports. I'm sure your driver loved it. Yeah, no, and, and everybody knew like. Like even the big wigs would, you know, I, you know, it was kind of like, like when I worked at Telebank, like, what are you doing, Jason? What are you doing? It's the same kind of thing, but on the, you know, ambulance or medic unit side, the same thing. Like people are like, who was taking so long? And I'm like, just go fuck yourself. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Because I used it as like, first of all, I want to make my point. My reports never got like, you know, I never got in trouble for not having my reports done correctly. Right. I, you know, I had to get um, deposed once and uh, in court for stuff. And it, my report was on par, you know. Um, and, and like, I never had any problems with anything. There were other people who took, they were faster at the hospital, but if you read their report reports, it's shitty. Half the shit's not filled out. You know, that that's, that's not okay. But then even getting, since we had weak management, that's what gets allowed, you know? Right. Um, but, but yeah, also too, some of it, yeah, you go on a clusterfuck call. Like I run a CPR and I, there's an engine and a medic unit and let's say a basic unit shows up too. So there's an engine, a medic unit, a basic unit, and I'm the only medic on the entire scene. And I get to the, and we eventually get to the hospital and we turn over care to the nurses and all that. Yeah. I, I'm going to take a little break. You know what I mean? Cause physically I'm drained because most people, for, for people that don't know, a lot of times when people die, unfortunately they're in their beds a lot of times. And a lot of houses, especially in the Northern Virginia area, a lot of the houses have the bedrooms upstairs. Um, so that means that, that, person who just is dead weight no pun intended yeah yeah i mean they, they can't help yeah yeah they have like the winding staircases or the the ones with 14 different landings as it goes down and it's tight and you know and and and, and i don't mean disrespect when i'm saying dead weight but like normally if someone's you need to help someone down the stairs they can kind of lean on stuff they can jump a little bit help you out a little bit whatever right and you're just kind of guiding them when they're dead weight like that you're strapped to a gurney uh or to a reef sleeve which is like a, a cocoon sleeve thing and, and you're carrying them down there or on a backboard or whatever. And, and you got, and there's tons of people in the trying to, not to mention the patients on a board of some sort, getting down the stairs and you're trying to do CPR and someone's trying to do airway and there's six other people and we're all, you know, normal American size, like, you know, men and women. And we're trying to contort our ways down to staircase while not dropping this person while performing the act that we're trying to do as fast as we can right. without taking any breaks, if at all possible. You know what I mean? So yeah, so that's why, you know, <laughs> like, so that sometimes when you get to the hospital, you're just like, <sighs> fuck off. You know what I mean? And you just need like that, like you said, that 20 minute recharge time or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like I said, it, it may sound peculiar to people that are listening that don't understand, but it's, it's something that you sometimes have to do. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't mean we don't want to run calls. It means that we've been running so many calls throughout the day or night that for t safety reasons, you have to do that. Because yeah, think, think about how dangerous it would be if you just rush through each call and then you go to the next one, the next one, the next one, the next one. If it's one of those days or nights, how dangerous that would be after all because you're freaking exhausted and you have not 
giving yourself any time to recharge at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I'd be on a 24 and, and, you know, driving home to this, from the hospital to your station at, let's say two in the morning or something like that. One of those like early morning or whatever you want to look at it late night, early morning, however you want to look at it, calls. And I don't even remember clearing the hospital. Like we get back to the station and I, I I'm like the zombie pretty much. And I'm like looking at my partner, like how the hell did you drive home? And then the call goes out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then those are the worst ones, you know? So, cause I, I mean, I, you know, Hey, I'd like to, you know, I, I was definitely one, like when I got to the firehouse after we did our checkout of the truck and we had our, our worthless uh, conference call we had to do every morning. Um, once that was done, man, my boots, I, you know, the, the boots, the pro boots and stuff like that or whatever, I'd take those off. I'd be in like flip flops at the station, you know, just lounging around, kick, you know, kicking it up a little bit. Cause once Dude, it's go that's time, all, it's go that's time. all I wear at the station is flip flops. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. Cause it, like people don't understand those, those boots that firefighters and EMS people wear. I'm talking about going to like an EMS call. Not, not, I'm not talking about fire gear. Obviously that's totally different, but those things are like, we had to have steel toed shoes, steel shank shoes. They're waterproof. Um, so that way you can walk in like a puddle of like water up to like maybe a foot or so like that. And it won't get into your boot. Cause it's all like one unit. It's not a tongue that's separate and all that stuff. Um, and people don't understand that those are hot. They don't breathe, you know? So when you're wearing that gear for 12 hours, you know, on a hot summer day and you're just nonstop, go, 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 go that day. You want, and a lot of people don't know that too. Those boots unzip. A lot of the cool ones do anyway. They unzip and you unzip that side and you take those dogs out of there. (laughs) It feels so good. Like to take them out. And then at that point I just put flip-flops around because I'm not, I don't like to walk around. I don't even do it at my house. Um, I don't like walking around on floors. Like, I just think it's weird Um, like that. So I'll have like, you know, socks on or, or at least uh, flip-flops on or something where I can walk around. And then just throw that shit on when you have a call again. Let let those dogs air out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Damn right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've hit that topic up enough. Let's get into the uh, the uh, three letter three initials three letter initial group that we wanted to talk about, um, and uh, potentially eighty seven thousand of my dear non friends. What? Yeah, I don't know. That was stupid. All right. Three, two, <laughs> three, two, one. All right. We beat that up enough. Let's get into our next topic um, for this week. And we, I know we want to talk about this. There's 87,000 of them now. Um, Bobby, why don't you take this one away here? Are we talking about the IRS? Oh, yes, we are. Oh. Got to be careful with this one. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, for the record, I will say I pay my taxes religiously. Um, definitely is a, you know, in, with owning businesses, that's a, kind of a no brainer there like that. Um, but, uh, we all know that, or if you haven't, if you lived, haven't lived under a rock, you know, that they just passed a bill to hire 87,000 new IRS 87, agents. 87,000. That's comma with three zeros. Additional did, yeah. agents that yeah. will be armed. Yeah. And what do you, and do you think their, their guys is that they're going to be using them to go after the billionaire people like those millionaire billionaire people. Um, I I'm here to call total bullshit on that. This is going to go after the average people like me, like you and like a lot of people listening. And that needs to be understood. And when you have 87,000 additional IRS agents out in the field looking for something to do, there are going to be a shitload of more audits per year going out for people who probably don't even deserve one. Yep. That is going to be happening and that is going to be a reality. Well, they're going to have to prove their worth. That's what it's going to come down to, you know? 
you know, it's, yeah, it's kind of like that same thing. Jake, Jake's getting a little rowdy. I think Jake wants to say hi on the podcast. No, actually, it wasn't Jake. That was Ace. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jason, Jake is usually the regular. That's why I didn't know. Yeah, I mean the, the difference. <laughs> they weigh like Jake is seventy-seven pounds and Ace is nine pounds. <laughs> oh, no. A little bit of a contrast. Yeah, but the little dogs are the ones that always bark at you know like crazy. You know, they're, no, they're it, ones, it just it, it pisses me off how. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. The IRS is being weaponized, period. That's what it is. Why else would you need 87000 additional? Especially if you're trying to say that, well, this isn't going to affect anybody that, you know, makes under, you know, X amount of dollars. What was it? $400,000 a year? Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, because bull- yeah, if you look at the numbers of millionaires and billionaires, whatever, and then you figure out how many extra agents they had just added. It doesn't make any sense with that, with that rationale they used to push that agenda. You know what I mean? Now, I'm not saying people shouldn't pay their taxes. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I'm not against the IRS or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, the 87000 under the guy, just call it what it is, man. You know? Just say, hey, we're running out of money because we're giving some to other countries. We're running out of money because there's no war going on. And we, the industrial complex doesn't bring us any money right now. There's other stuff going on. And, and uh, next week, we're going to talk about, for our next episode, we'll talk about something else they're probably getting ready to fund with some of that money, too. No, this also comes down to that, I mean, I'm just going to, the government's broke, period. Okay? This, this basically comes down to where they're fishing for any additional revenue they can excrete out of anybody that they can. That's, this, that's what this comes down to. You know, and it, 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 people need to think when they, when people sit here and say that, you know, well, paying taxes is patriotic. Okay. Think about, think again, there was something that was called the Boston Tea Party that happened a while ago during the uh, beginning of this country. And it was a revolt on taxes. You know, this country was founded on trying to get away from an oppressive government and taxes. Yet now we are taxed through the ass and especially now since the uh, stooge in the white house decided to shell out 300 billion dollars to pay to relieve certain student loans right yeah we're gonna touch more on that next episode though for sure but yeah yeah i don't i just i don't disagree i I think it's my soapbox no that's all right i i think it's it's blatantly obvious um there's other things going on there and for the people for the people that you know think it's a great idea um that you know i'm not like i said i'm not upset about people getting jobs i'm not upset about um you know having more irs agents to obviously make sure everybody's paying their taxes eighty-seven thousand. come on yeah making sure the rich you know pay their taxes because the rich are notorious for getting out of paying stuff like that but that's never what happens. They never go after the big dogs like that. And even though they say they're going to go after, you know, basically the upper class kind of citizens or whatever, you know, it's not going to be that. It's going to be going after the middle class. Um, and, and so for the people that, you know, thought this was a good idea and are very excited about it and love everything that, uh, you know, uh, Poopy Pants is doing there, um, y- Come on, man. It's, you know, it's going to be you. You're the one of the people that could be audited it too with them. You know what I mean? And like I said, I pay my taxes every time. That's fine. But it's just, 
why go through all that hassle, you know what I mean? When they're just trying to get money because they don't have money from other stuff now. It's well, kind of sad. I got a story to tell real quick since we're cool. on this issue. Yeah, go with it. There was a friend of mine who uh, paid her taxes one year. This was probably about 10 years ago. She paid her taxes. Um, she got her refund back. And then all of a sudden she noticed that there was $5,000 from her checking account that was missing. So she checked, uh, she checked online and she saw that it was excreted by the Internal Revenue Service. So she's like, what the hell? She's like, what's going on here? So she calls them. She calls them direct and said, hey, um, look, here's all the evidence and here's where it shows that you all excreted $5,000 out of my account. Here's all the evidence that I paid my taxes. Everything's correct. Blah, 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 blah. What's going on? And the IRS looked into it, even looked into it right then. Like, oh, yeah, we, we see the mistake. We got your name confused with somebody else. Oh, jeez. So, and she's like, okay. You know, thinking it would be okay, just, you know, deposit the money back in my account. <laughs> just hit the undo button and uh, bring it back. No, we're going to have to look into this further. It's like, you just acknowledged the problem and saw what the issue was. What do you mean this is going to take? Well, this is going to have, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a while. Well, what do you mean it's going to be a while? It, it, you know, it, just as fast as you could take it out, you realized what the mistake was. I brought it to your attention, and you also saw what the mistake was, you know. Yeah, you acknowledged it. You know, redeposit it back in my account. It doesn't work that way. So. Fast forward another six months. Jesus. Um, but it's okay. I'm sure they gave her interest back. She, with talked, it. To, yeah, she talked to a lawyer because at the same time, six months later, her, her identity got stolen, which was another issue. But the lawyer that she hired for that also was going to look into the, uh, the IRS issue with her, you know, where they accidentally confused her with somebody else. And he basically told her, he's like, look, I'm just going to be straight with you. You're most likely not going to get that back. And she's like, well, why not? She's like, because it's the IRS. You know? It's like, and she's like, well, hold on a second. If, if this was me and I didn't pay them what I, what I owed them, I'd be in jail right now after six months, possibly. And then I would also, there would also be a shitload of interest tacked onto it because I'm six to seven, now eight months, you know, in the rears. Right, and fees and all the other stuff, some no, like, penalty fees. He's like, I understand, but, you know, if I take this on, what, one, most likely you're not going to get it back, and two, if some miraculous way you do, it's all going to be absorbed in my fees. So you, all, you need to think about how far you want to take this. Well, that's why, yeah, that's why a lot of things are, when you get to that kind of level about getting lawyers involved and stuff, and I'm not saying anything against lawyers, I have family that are, Members that are lawyers and stuff like that. And they got to get paid, right? Right. But um, she would, she, most likely she would have gotten it back if, if she fought it, but it would have ended up costing more on the back end than what they actually took. Yeah. And oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And they know that. That's why they, they have that stuff. We deal with that, with that stuff in real estate all the time where um, yeah, people argue about the earnest money, right? Everybody knows if you've bought a house, what earnest money is and all that stuff, right? And, and sometimes, the, for whatever reason, parties have to split up and one has to walk or whatever. And there's always a fight, or not always, but a lot of times there's a fight over the earnest money. 
Well, and then, you know, and you'll have a, like, I usually will represent, obviously, one of the sides, usually not both of them, but occasionally. And, and whoever you're representing, it doesn't matter. They think they're right, and they're pissed because they either want their money back that they put into escrow, or if they didn't put the money in escrow, they want the other person's money for wasting their time. Well, then you get into that whole thing, and they're like, I'm going to take them to court. And I'm like, I probably wouldn't take them to court, you know, because by the time you go to court and you pay all the court fees and you pay the lawyer and they pay their lawyer and all this stuff goes back and forth, you're just going to end up washing the money out anyway. So it's better to like, I tell people in those situations that I've had a couple where they've been like really almost trying to fight to the so-called death, so to speak. Obviously, they're not physically touching each other. But with that kind of thing, I'm like, hey, let's take a break. Let's revisit this in a couple of weeks when, when everybody's calmed down and the ego's out of it a little bit more. And then we can come up usually with some sort of a solution where they, where, you know, maybe, maybe they split it or something like that, which isn't a win really for anybody, but at least it gets it over with. You know what I mean? Well, and that's the ridiculous because that was basically, I mean, it, let's just say, it, say what it was. It was stolen. Yeah. You know, when it comes out right out to it, they acknowledge, the, they acknowledge that they made the mistake and then they don't want to correct it. Well, because it's the government, it's going to move slow. Whatever they do is going to be slow acting. You know, and that, I mean, that that's just complete bullshit to me. You know, yeah, and now now with an additional eighty seven thousand agents out in the field, you know, working for the for the IRS. I mean, that that just might as well call it the American Gestapo. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like, we don't get sponsored for this, and I don't get any kickbacks from any of this stuff, but. Now, for sure, probably should have done it before too, but get a CPA when you're doing your taxes, especially now, um, especially now if they're going to have 87,000 more IRS people out there trying to look at ways to fuck you or whatever. Um, get a CPA. Because then if something happens, a CPA has to Yeah, yeah. Care. And, and, and I mean, you might have to produce more documents or whatever. That's fine. But you know what? The good thing is, like, I have a, my CPA that I use that we've used since we lived here. Um, First of all, she used to work for the IRS for over 20 years. Second, second of all, she just deals inside. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. But plus, she only deals with realtors, um, and she knows all the ins and outs of realtors. She knows all realtors. Yeah, realtors. Uh, I am a respected realtor, uh, and she and she knows like all the, the deductions we're allowed to use, what we're not allowed to use, um, and all that stuff. And she's very familiar with it. So she'll I'll turn in my tax stuff to her, uh, you know, every year when we go through it. And, and of course, me, my 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 wife and I we file jointly. But um, we'll uh, we'll follow our tax stuff with her, and then she'll even catch me sometimes. She'll be like, "Hey, what about this? Did you have this?" And I'm like, "Oh no, I didn't. Oh, I forgot to add that." Or because she knows it all very well, and she has like a little worksheet she sends out to make sure you don't forget stuff and whatever. But she's really, really right. good, and she knows. And I've asked her stuff. I'm like, "Hey, can I can I uh, can I deduct this?" And she's like, "No," you know, <laughs> like like she'll blatantly tell me, and that's fine because that's what I want. Because obviously, I want to pay my tax. I don't want to pay my taxes, but I'm gonna pay my taxes. I never have not paid my taxes. I always pay my taxes um, because unfortunately, you know, you have to do that and that's just part of the system or whatever. But uh, that's the thing I'll tell everybody from Paramedics Unscripted, Jason here. Um, get a CPA, go to HR Block, go to whatever one you want to go to. Um, if you can't afford a personal one uh, that has like a, their own business or whatever, that's fine. But even one of those big companies, uh, houses that do that stuff, you know, go there and get them on board with you. That way you have someone that's a licensed CPA checking your stuff. Um, and that way when the IRS, cause they, you know, their names are on your tax forms um, and they know who those people are cause they have to be licensed and they have to take, take CEUs and keep up with everything. And they know those people. So I'm not saying you won't get audited if you use any of those people, but 
um, your chances of being audited and having a, a big problem is probably minimized very greatly um, by the fact that you have someone that knows what they're doing versus like, oh, I, you know, I, I did it myself with some software and I hope I did it right, you know, kind of thing. So right. with that note, though, do you have anything else you want to add this episode? Good, All right, bro. cool, man. Well, this has been, uh, let's see here, season two, episode 14. Uh, we are out of here. Uh, big shout out again. If you have any chance on uh, Thursday night, watch the backyard brawl to be on ESPN. Uh, go WVU. Eat shit pit. Without further ado, we will see you next week on Paramedics Unscripted. <laughs>